On this spooky edition of View the Right Thing, Wes and Steve stay up late for a horror doubleheader. Their first adventure is to a remote island where nine college friends mysteriously begin dying one by one to an unknown killer. But does their host know more than she's letting them believe in April Fool's Day? Then we are taken to a small town radio station in Ontario during the deep freeze of winter. There, unexplained reports of random, violent attacks by normal citizens come into the station, and those trapped there begin to suspect one another and fall victim to similar foul play in the claustrophobic psychological thriller, Pontypool. From a warm beach to the frozen tundra, it's time for a special spooky Halloween episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another episode yes, of View the Right Thing Spooky Edition. Oh, is it October, which means it's Halloween month up in this piece? It is. It I is. Love it. I love it, man. Halloween month. I guess you could just call it Halloween season. I guess. I mean, it's a season in L.A. Like, Kind of. Halloween's such a big deal in this town, and I love it, you know? I have neighbors who put their Christmas decorations up right about now. That's cool. Mm -mm, Is it? Yeah, I guess not if it's it's only Halloween. Yeah, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah. Let's get some turkeys up before we get the uh, Santas up. I don't really decorate for either, but I like to think of my apartment as just kind of a... A, a house of horrors all year round. Yeah. Because um, I live, you know, it's three dudes living in living in one place. It's, three it's get dudes pre- in one place. Pretty dude-erific mm. in terms of... Smells like dude. Smells like dude up in there. Awesome. And that's okay. It's part of being three dudes and, I guess. like, you know, working and kicking it and having fun. I guess so. I guess so. How you been? It's been a, a week or so. Yeah, we've watched two movies that we're going to discuss on this episode because it's Halloween and that means it's special. Yeah. And then... Three movies. We're going to discuss the third one at the end. Well, yes, of course. Should we tease what we're going to discuss? we're going to talk about at the end. All right. So first we're going to talk about the movies that you all should have watched by now. April Fool's Day, 1986. Mm. And... Whoa. A little gurgle from Steve there. I got uh, so scared. Pontypool. Pontypool. Which you can watch on Netflix. Yeah. Which we watched on Netflix. We did. It's a very inventive, uh, definitely a different take on, on a, a horror movie, and uh, it was yeah. pretty pretty cool. It was kind of, uh, once again, the bucket gave us some kismet Yeah, you know, in that we got two movies that are unique takes on their genre. Oh, yeah, that's very true. They're, they're huh? both kind of different spins. So we'll, yeah. get, we'll get into the, all that stuff in a little bit. And then at the end, we're going to have um, a possibly spoiler-filled discussion about the bum, new Magnificent bum, bum. Seven. New Magnificent Seven, starring Denzel, Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio, the other guys. Yeah, the other guys. That redhead girl. Uh, Haley Bennett. I forgot to look up her name. Haley Bennett distractingly attractive okay she's pretty i i agree so you agree we haven't uh we haven't really hung out or uh seen each other for like a week really no it hasn't been a week well Well, wednesday you know as far as the listeners know it's only been like a week you know about a week i guess so yeah we we feel shorter because i got really sick yeah 
I got food poisoning the night after the last time we hung out. It's been less than a week, really. Yeah, that's true. Wait. Wednesday, last Wednesday was the last. See, we're dating our episode now. Right. But for me, it feels like two days because I spent three of those days quarantined in my house just to make sure I didn't pass the food poisoning on. Because (laughs) while it really only lasted about 24 hours, I somehow got this from my roommate who believes he got it from some bad coleslaw. Did you eat the coleslaw that he ate? Not at all. But I think what might have happened was... Cross-contamination. I was out and about having fun. And then that night, Wednesday night, got home. He was up in the living room watching TV. Yeah. And I hung out, kicked it with him, watched some TV with him. And then I think when he went to bed, I took over the remote controls. Oh, there's cross Probably right should have, yeah, probably should have sterilized those. And then you were like, lick the controller. Forgot to. No, control. well, apparently, according to what I've learned... Mm. Germs like to get in through the eyes more than anything. Oh, you rubbed your eyes. So if you rub your eyes and you haven't washed your hands, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Folks, never touch your eyes. Never touch your eyes without washing your hands. No, never touch your eyes. Just safer to just never touch your eyes. I touch my eyes all the time. I wear corrective lenses. I got to reach in there sometimes. Don't do it. But uh, You got contacts? You're screwed. You're not screwed. You're going to get food poisoning. If You're going to get salmonella. I mean, you're going to get food poisoning at some point in your life anyway. Trichinosis. But... A good rule of thumb is wash your hands before you touch your whole face. Okay. I forgot to do that. Got my roommate's food poisoning. I kicked it a lot faster than he did. I lost 11 pounds. He's kind of jealous. And now I'm better. But we probably shouldn't kiss. Food poisoning. Food now you're food vomiting. Poisoning. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. Amazingly, just a tiny bit of that. That song is good for everything. Oh, man. We got gross just now. Yeah. yeah, that song is good for everything. It's Monday now. It's Tuesday tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Monday now, and there's football on. Wes got VR. He can play VR games. Yeah, that's I kind of jumped ahead a little there. That's okay. April Fool's Day was watched by Wes and Steve. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, anything exciting other than food poisoning happened to you? Uh, wow. Well, this is sort of like a non-exciting, just that it just so happened to work out that while I was sick, basically horrendously sick Thursday, still pretty sick Friday, kind of a non-happening was that no auditions popped up that would have caused me to have to leave the house in my very pained and bedraggled state. You know what they say, though? that's kind of a miracle. Sometimes they, you know, you hear these stories about... Oh, you know, this actor who got famous on this role yeah. was really deathly ill when they ha- did the audition or whatever. You, you, you know? do hear those stories a lot. I've probably had one or two of those stories in my day. Certainly yeah. not with a really famous role. Yeah. But there have definitely been times when I am just like 100% down and out. Maybe didn't even have gas in my car and somehow still made it to the audition. And mm-hmm. then, boom, I booked it. And like, it almost didn't You gotta happen. put yourself in that mindset from now on. Every audition. Maybe. I don't know. Because cause then it's like you also you don't want to go in with the stink of desperation coming off of you. Like, if I don't get this role, I'm going to you know have to sell my car right when I walk out of here. Well, maybe you just bring it back a little bit. Maybe. maybe. Don't do it 110%, yeah. 90%. It's tough, man. It's a tough call. Yeah, I don't really know. I just leave it up to fate. I'm not you know? a casting director. I get an audition. I prepare as much as I possibly can with the time that I have, and then I leave the rest up to fate, baby. Yeah. What's, either- uh, what's your favorite... Uh, favorite thing you've ever favorite project you've ever done as an actor? I've ever done. Yeah, 
Oh, man, that's a real tough call. Yeah, no, yeah, pick one. All right, well, I'd probably have to go with Waking. Waking. Because uh, I had so many friends that were already working on it, and now mm-hmm. I've also made very great friends with the people that did work on it. We were very... We're very much a tight family unit in the in the process of making that movie. And your your that was really awesome. Your very good friend Skyler is in that, right? He wrote it, and he stars in it, right? And stars in it, and I play his best friend. <clears throat> and who directed that? Uh, it was directed by my now very good friend Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton, that's right. Of Soul Pancake slash yeah. uh, Impress Me and the flip side, impress and me. so much more. Uh, impress Me is a show about the imitators. Yes. You were on that too, Impressionist, right? yes. Did starring. You, did you do any impre- impressions? Sort of. Uh, in, in the first episode that I show up in, it, we're actually doing a scene about like using impression as a form of therapy yeah. to sort of help with anxiety and stuff. And so yeah. I play a guy who's really nervous and anxious, and I decide I'm going to impersonate Daniel Day-Lewis's Abraham Lincoln yeah. and shout away the things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Was it's, it good? A, it's a funny Was little it good scene. Was imperson- impersonation? Who's to say? Okay, um, it's not. They've they've aired that. It was on online, but they've aired it on TV, right? Yes, uh, it got picked up by Pop TV. Pop TV, and it was pretty cool. And now, Is good there- old uh, you know Jim Ross Meskimen was. Uh, uh, there were basically three main impressionists on it. Jim Ross Meskimen is just always doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's about to resurrect his show. Jim Pressions, okay. as it's called, and then Ross Marquand, oh, who's yeah, now on The Walking Dead. He's Aaron on Walking Dead. Which premieres very shortly, and I'm very excited. Oh, man, is he going to live? Is he going to live? Gosh, I hope so. And then probably, you know, the, the third most active impressionist on the show was uh, Piat Michael, mm. who's now on the new Mad TV. He plays uh, Donald, Donald Trump on the new Mad TV. He's real young, right? He's pretty young. He's, he's a, a pretty young guy. Does he do Barack Obama, too? I don't think he does Obama. I haven't seen anybody do Obama. Uh, I, saw, I just recently saw this young young white kid, right? Yeah. yeah. But he does Trump and Obama? Doing, that... doing an Obama. It might not be him, but I thought it was maybe him. Huh. But uh, I'll have to look for who does Obama on Mad TV. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I don't, I don't think they play, he plays him on Mad TV. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, yeah, because that would be weird. Have a young white kid play. I don't Obama. run the show, man. I don't get yeah. to say who I, does what. I just think he does the voice. Oh, all right. Um, like on talk shows and stuff. Okay. All right. But I could be wrong. It could be a different guy. But, uh, you know, shout out to the guys from Impress Me. I yeah. love those guys. Yeah. I'm excited for Walking Dead to come back. Me three. And, and your, your buddy Ross is, is really good on it. I like to think he does great work on that show. Yeah. Um, some friends of mine from back east have sort of... Uh, uh surprise is a relative term ambushed him let's say at a few conventions you know he'll go for the mm-hmm. for for the the big conventions and they'll show up and make him do things like say hi to me in a video or i saw that recently yeah this last friend of mine made these little steve cutouts on I popsicle want sticks i want one i want to i want I mean, you could literally make your own, or I could write to uh, Zazu, who lives uh, in Orlando, Florida. I want and, uh, one from Zazu. All right, I'll, t- I'll see if she'll send you a flat Steve. That's, I'm a, l- a little... It's not Pazuzu, it's Zazu, right? Zazu. Okay. Uh, I'm a little alarmed by the by the whole thing. I'd like a cherry-flavored Steve. Well, I'm just worried that Ross is like, are these people excited to see me, or is Steve telling them, hey, Ross is going to be in your hometown, go give him a hard time. Yeah. The answer is they're very excited to see Ross, and they happen to be excited about the fact that he and I are buddies. Yeah. That's all. 
I feel like I'm just dropping names all over the place here. Am I doing that? Don't I let don't me know. do that. Can do that. This is L.A. I guess pretty yeah, much yeah, every conversation involves some, that. Yeah. So thirsty right now. Oh, he's gonna take a drink from his mm. his AMC drink. AMC did not sponsor this podcast. They did not. That's true. Not yet. I want Voodoo to sponsor this podcast because we be watch cool. most of our movies on Voodoo. Oh yeah, huh? Almost every single one of the films that we watch, we watched on Voodoo. Wow, that's cool. Although yeah. we just said how we watched Pontypool on Netflix. We did well. Be- Yes, because I couldn't get it on Voodoo. Yeah, true. I tried Voodoo first, if you remember. Should I should I deliver my message to Netflix? Uh, okay. Netflix, I love you guys. I love what you provide. But on Saturday night, when I was staying home, keeping myself in, still feeling a little ill, I started watching five different movies, and I only managed to finish one. Mm-hmm. It's making me sad. I love the fact that people can make movies and... Get them onto Netflix. Maybe I just happened to pick the exact wrong five movies. Right. And I won't name names. But there were some snooze fests going on. Yeah. Snooze fest. So, Netflix, I love a lot of your stuff. Maybe, maybe go get a finer tooth comb for some of these, especially in the scary movies bracket. I don't know. Is Shudder giving them such a run for their money in the scary movie department? I don't know. But these five scary movies I tried to watch, I only bothered to stick with one of them for longer than like 20 minutes. Netflix is nice for, you know. It's great. It's rentals and stuff. Luke Cage. But I just want to go back and say, if you're going to buy a movie. Yeah. Voodoo. You do? Voodoo. Who do? Voodoo. Do what? Reduce your carbon footprint yeah with the physical media all right i'm and, listening uh go digital yeah now that's hard for me to say as a guy you I mean you are sitting in my apartment right now i'm, I'm looking at your entire dvd I, collection i have i i like to collect things i like sure. to collect physical things but um welcome to being an american you, in the 20th century yeah but you gotta you gotta you know like I said, reduce the carbon footprint, buy less physical media, you get digital media that lives in the cloud. Oh. Um, you know what I like about Voodoo? Let me hear it. You can actually download the movies that you own. You don't, they don't just have to live in the cloud. So I could go home, set up a... I feel like we're, they should be paying us. They, they should, but you know. <laughs> I could set up an do? account with them. Yep. And I could download... The Burbs. BMX Bandits or The Burbs because I already own it on DVD. It, no. No. It's not how it works. It's oh, not how it works, buddy. Oh, oh. So what you're saying is what you just told me no. is a sham. I'm saying if you own the movie via Voodoo already, if you've already paid for it via Voodoo. Okay. But they do have a really cool thing with DVDs. Yeah. I don't know if The Burbs is one of them. Uh, I'm sure BMX Bandits is not, um, but the Burbs might be one of them. Where you pop your DVD player into your computer, get out, of and here. it reads it, and you pay two dollars, and it gives you the digital version for two bucks. That's insane. And if you do ten of them at once, it's fifty percent off. Wow! So ten movies for ten dollars, pretty awesome. Yeah, Way you get go. your favorite favorite things. It works with Blu-rays too. I mean, yeah, if you if you want. Uh, high-def versions of those. Like, let's say you have a DVD of the Burbs, but you want the yeah. high-def version on your computer, you just pay a little bit more, a couple bucks more. Speaking of high-def, yeah, 
We watched April Fool's Day, 1986. In high definition. In high def. That was a, that looked beautiful. It did. It was really, really cool. Some of those shots were flat out beautiful. I was like, I wasn't expecting this movie I've, I've never to seen look, look this good. good. Yeah, I've never seen it look that good before. It was real nice. Well, I guess that's a good segue. Let's, uh, let's jump into April Fool's Day. Okay. So this is your first time seeing April Fool's Day. Yeah, I remember, uh, as we talked about right before the show, about how cool the cover box was. Yeah, when as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I'd always look at it when I was at the video store, and mom I never, never bothered to watch it. it. No. Oh, mom wouldn't, wouldn't let me get that. See, that's the thing. I was allowed to watch horror movies forever. Somehow, just never pulled the trigger on April Fool's Day. Yeah. My parents weren't, like, too too crazy protective or anything. And I think if I saw stuff, like, on HBO or something, it was fine. Yeah. I think... Um, they weren't. They didn't care so much about nudity, but okay. I think they were not crazy about the idea of me seeing actual sex acts or simulated sex acts, you know, in film like R-rated films. All right, but uh, but they were pretty pretty lenient. So it was like Jason Four, the one girl goes skinny dipping all alone at night. <clears throat> Great idea. Well, my first Jason. That's fine. My first Jason. It was Halloween, so spooky talk. <laughs> my first Friday the Thirteenth was Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. That was the first one you ever watched? Yeah, and I watched wow. it late at night by myself. Yeah. Uh, downstairs, we had like a little basement family room thing. Cool, a, little, a rec room. Yeah, it used to be, I think it was, uh, the story was it was like all the wood was like a, from an old blacksmith. Cool. Like barn or whatever. It was all kind of smoky looking and stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, I had a little bar with uh, mirrors and stuff down there. All right. And... Uh, it was late at night, watching on Showtime. All or by HBO yourself? Or something, all by myself. That's a bad way to watch a Jason yeah, movie, it was bro. tough. It was tough, but I did it because I was like, it's time. It's time I try this. How old were you? I want to say that's probably my first real horror film. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'd seen bits and pieces of other things. Like, I'd seen bits and pieces of, like, Creep Show on HBO or whatever. Or, Ooh. Um, I was 10, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. You you were so protected, my friend. Not really. I just it was actually never really something that interested me. Not well, until, uh, good for you. But then when I once I started watching them, I, I really liked them. So you know, your dog's giving me eyes. You can pick him up. Oh gee, will you just couldn't pick him up when he was being a bad hound? Okay, so the first horror movie I ever watched, I probably mentioned this. Yeah, I was like five years old. Yeah, and Friday the Thirteenth One just happened to be on TV yeah. in the middle of the day, and I watched it. And uh, it was terrifying. And uh, for many years, if I ever watched a Jason movie, I'd say probably till I was about 11, if I ever watched a Jason movie any time of day, mm-hmm. I would have absolutely horrible nightmares that night. Wow. Um, at seven years old, my dad made me and my brother stay up late and watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1 on mm. a school night. I'm not going to tell that whole story, but that effed me up. Yeah. Where'd he go? He, he went. He went. And laid down his bed because you didn't pick him up. Go over there. Go over to Steve. There he All is. All right. I'm gonna pick him up. Keep talking. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got off April Fool's Day, but yeah, um, I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th series. There's a new game coming out. Pre-ordered that. Pretty excited about it. All right. April Fool's Day. April Fool's Tell me about April Fool's you... Day. Tell me about what you thought of the film. Well, that takes place on April 1st, no matter which day of the week it is. Unlike Friday the 13th. Yeah. Has to be a Friday Friday the 13th, which means Jason has to switch it up a couple times a year. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because April Fool's Day actually takes place over two two days, two or three days. Yeah, it really does, huh? Yeah, because uh, so over really a weekend, like, it's yeah. April Fool's weekend. April Fool's weekend. Because uh, the, they arrive there one day. They definitely have a night there. 
They sure do. And then it turns oh, what day and then night again. And they, they say that the the police uh, chief should be there by dawn, I think. Oh, yeah. So. The dog. Yeah. He's so adorable. But yeah, he's, he's like, adorable. oh, pick me up so I can ignore you. Yeah. He's, yeah. Might as well have a cat. He just wanted to be under that blanket next to you. Yeah. So uh, what would you think of the movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, you should have watched it. I liked, I liked the twist at the end, although in a way the twist sort of cheapens the whole thing. Uh, you know, I don't really feel that way. Okay. Um, go on. We can, let's talk a little bit about the movie and then we'll get to the twist. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a kind of, um, 10 little Indians style film, like a good slasher where you have, all these people, and one by one, they're getting bumped off. They sure are. They're on a remote island. In there, the, there's even uh, somewhere. There's even little dolls. Little dolls, like uh, like little ten Indi- ten little Indians kind of thing. I don't know if I ever did watch Ten Little Indians. It's a it's an Agatha Christie story. Oh, okay. And it's been done millions of times uh, in stories and TV shows and movies. All right. Um, and. Uh, you don't know who the killer is, Ooh. but people are slowly getting picked off one by one. One by one in a remote location. Now, these guys are super remote. Yeah. Because they're in a big old house that seems to be the only house on the island, right? Yeah. They're at Muffy St. John's house. Muffy St. John, played yep. by... My phone shut itself down. It's played by Deborah Foreman. Deborah Foreman. You know, Deborah Foreman. Now, wasn't she in Killdozer? I don't, I don't or know. Or at least kill bots, I think. Kill kill something. She was in one of those. Maybe. I have no idea. I've never. I've oh, she never... was in Valley Girl. Valley Girl. Okay. And I Waxwork. Uh, and uh, Real Genius. She's in Real Genius. Oh, yeah. Oh, she has one of my favorite lines in Real Genius. Yeah. What's her line? Well, it's very filthy. Should I say it? I mean. So it's like uh, Val. Edit, edit Val yourself, maybe? I don't know. Val Kilmer is trying to hit on her. Yeah. And uh, he's like, have you ever blah, 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 blah? And she's like, well, that depends. And he goes, on what? And she goes, can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your with your yeah. your yeah little vowel there? And his answer is just, not yet. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> it's very silly. Yeah. Oh, those 80s and their sexual harassment. Uh, so that was Deborah Foreman. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, she's in Lobster Man from Mars. She which is. we need to watch. So I don't think it's in the bucket, though. They, uh, it's a, it's a whole bunch of college kids who, uh, are probably near the end of their first four years of college. Some of them maybe are going on to more studying. Um, uh, and that they're right. They all meet up on a ferry. There's a couple of newbies that, that not the main group doesn't necessarily know. Right. People that, uh, Muffy has met. Good old, uh, Harvey. Harvey. And, uh, what's his nuts there? Rob, I think, right? No, 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 no. no they the know girl. Rob. It's the girl. Oh, Nan. Nan. Robbie and Nan. And Good then Nan. her cousin Skip is also coming. Right. And none of them have met Skip before. Skip is in one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, which one? Griffin O'Neill. Yeah. Little something called The Wraith. Okay. That's W-R-A-I-T-H. Charlie Sheen as a vengeful automobile racing ghost. Okay. Skip O'Neill plays one of the jerks. Oh, well, all right. Who else is in this movie that's super famous from a super famous trilogy of movies? That uh, Biff Tannen's in this film. Biff Tannen. What's his real name? 
Thomas F. Wilson. That's right. Now he played a couple different tannins. If you really, if you really break it down, yeah, Mad Dog. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see him playing just Griff. kind of a regular Biff, dude. Biff was, Griffin, Mad Dog. Those Biff Griff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Did they ever say Mad Dog's real name? Buford. Buford. We both knew it. Yeah. Good old Buford Tannen. Yeah. So they're all they all meet up on a ferry to uh, head out to. Yeah, they have to cross the water to. The do they island. name the island? I, I feel don't like they think don't. They do now. Huh. Um, Muffy St. John Island. They don't name it. Muffy St. John Island. So they go out there. Uh, there's there's an accident. So some bad omens. Somebody gets their face ripped and somebody eyeball gets, hanging out. Somebody gets stabbed in the gut. Somebody gets stabbed in the gut, but not really. They reveal that to be an April Fool's prank almost immediately. What do they call that game? Stretch. Yeah, they throw the knife into the into the board, and they have to stretch to see if they can get, pick it up without falling down. Terribly bad idea, uh, especially on a moving vehicle. On a moving vehicle to yeah. to whip a switchblade into the wooden floor of the boat, yeah. and then try to pick it up is a, is a bad idea. I'll yeah. say it. Yeah. Yeah. So they fake the stomach stabbing. Somebody jumps in the water to help, gets his head smashed between the boat and the dock, and it is gruesome. Yeah. Poor so, Buck. So, uh, yeah, Buck gets uh, maimed. Yeah. Oh, I just heard a really weird high-pitched shriek. But Did it your was mic like, come unplugged and you just plug it back in? I don't think so. Oh. It, it happened, like, right inside my ear. It so. might be Benjamin the ghost that lives in our apartment. Oh, it is Halloween. So uh, they get there. The sheriff is there, and he's like, Muffy, I'm going to take your boat. Yeah. Or no, they they put the they put the uh, yeah they put the ship's captain in the sheriff's boat and the sheriff's boat and the sheriff takes Muffy's boat. Yeah, the ship's captain takes injured Buck back to shore for the hospital, and then the sheriff's like Muffy, I'm going to take your boat. I just realized something and leave the barge just yeah. hanging there. Is the barge just hanging there the whole time? Seems that I way. I've never seen it again. I don't know if they show it again, but I think logic they definitely dictates, show the dock again. Yeah, I think logic dictates dictates that the barge would have to just be and they there. They just can't drive the barge. Yeah, maybe the kids just let it float away. I don't know. Yeah, because if I was freaked out by this whole murder thing, I'd maybe try and drive the barge. If I thought there was a killer from your lips to God's ears, know. my friend. So, uh, so anyways. Um, they all show up. Muffy's like excited to have them. She's gonna in, in, make a big inheritance, and she's gonna move into the house. And it's a big house. Um, yeah, it's a really oh, big house. That house made me miss the East Coast. And uh, the uh, Griffin O'Neill Skip, yes, feels real guilty about what happened to Buck. So he's real down in the dumps. Very down in the dumps. Um, they all go to like have dinner. And uh, Muffy starts pranking them. Yeah, so like one guy's chair, like the legs fall off, and he like rolls out of the chair, and then the chair like writes itself again. Yeah, she gives them all dribble glasses, things like that. Oh right, they go to toast with the champagne, I guess, yeah. and they've all got dribble glasses. Uh, they all have April like fools, Muffy. things in their rooms. Uh, Nan's got a crying baby on a tape recorder in her room. Yeah, and she's like real upset by it. And yeah. then uh, uh, what's it? Harv has those weird headlines like yeah. pinned up on the doors about six people being dead in an yeah. accident and all this stuff. Yeah. Scary. What, uh, what is it? The one couple has like uh, bondage equipment in their room. Uh, I think that's the, the the real real hot girl, the, the, the super hot girl who uh, sleeps with everyone. Nikki. Nikki. Played by Deborah Goodrich. And 
her boyfriend is Chaz, played by Clayton Richter. No. Clayton Roner. No, no, no. Huh? Wait, Chaz? The yeah. Mo- the movie guy? Yeah, the guy that's having that's sex with That's not her boyfriend. Her. Well, he's the guy having sex with her a bunch of times. Yeah, but they imply that she's going to have sex with Harvey, too. Well, sure. She's going to have sex with everyone. All right, so the guy who gets to have sex with Nikki on the first night. Right. Chaz, well, I just want to clarify because there actually Roner. is a real couple oh, yeah, amongst the group. Um, and that is talking uh, about Kit and Rob. Kit and Rob. So Kit, played by Amy Steele of uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, Three fame, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then uh, three or two. 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 You were correct. Uh, and then Ken Olant. Ken Olant, who was in uh, Summer School. He was the dancing stripper who oh, was always falling asleep yeah. in Summer School, the Mark Harmon movie. Oh, he was also in Leprechaun. Okay. <laughs> the first Leprechaun. Never seen Leprechaun. He's been in a whole lot of TV shows. Yeah. So, anyway, so they all find diff- various things. Um, uh, I think uh, the girl who sleeps with everyone also has a problem with her faucet. A problem with her faucet. She turns the faucet that. on and it starts shoot spraying at her. You don't remember, but it happens. It happens a couple times. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's she's having trouble with the water in general because then they yeah. have to go to the well later on. Yeah. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Interesting. Somehow. Oh, the guys, the Biff. Yeah. What's the guy's name in the movie? Thomas Wilson. He plays Arch. See, Arch. that's the thing. There's Arch. an Arch and a Harf. That's I, a little yeah, confusing. Yeah, I think it was Archie. They called him Arch. Yeah, he's credited as Arch. Yeah. Um, Arch goes to open the door for from their room to get out of the room and the door doorknob comes off yeah, right off stuff like that yeah you know um and then uh that night uh whenever it's either sleeping or doing it Ooh. uh uh skip skip skips away skip, well he he seems appears to be murdered well first he skips on out and finds what is supposed to be a marijuana crop but is not not even close cuts some of that off goes to smoke it in the boathouse yeah and then he gets, well, yeah, so I, I, let's just remind everyone that we're not going to go through this whole thing in, like, super close detail. Just try to right. broad stroke it. Um, Good point. So uh, Skip gets murdered in the boat. M- murdered in the boat ha- boathouse. We don't really see how. We just see him get grabbed. Yeah. The next day, uh, Muffy's, like, real weird. She's acting yeah. super, super weird. Her hair's all frizzed out. She's she's dressing strange. Yeah. She's acting like she's afraid of everybody. Yeah, unsure. Low confidence. And then somebody goes to do it, and they find Skip's corpse. Uh, yeah, they find Skip's corpse. Uh, Nan Art has an argument with, uh, with Muffy, and then she disappears. Um... Arch disappears. Oh, yeah. He almost gets bitten by a snake. But then somebody walks up and um, they go to uh, the water stops working. So they go to the well. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a gross scene. Nikki. Nikki. Nikki goes down and Harvey's at the top. Harvey's talking about how he wants to plow a field. Yeah. does use those words. And Nikki's just sort of like, yeah, I'll probably let you. I don't know. It's the 80s. Yeah, something kind of like that. So she goes, she goes down into the well because the bucket falls in, and she finds uh, two heads and Nan's body. Uh, Harv goes down there to to help her out. 
Uh, so that's weird. Um, yeah, they never really the, show him getting her all the way out, huh? They, yeah, they think it's the uh, the boat guy is there for revenge. They call oh. the sheriff. And uh, sheriff says, hey, I'm in the hospital with the boat guy right now. He's yeah. in terrible condition. But don't trust Muffy. No. Uh, then uh, the uh, movie guy gets killed. Chaz. Gets his wiener cut off. Yeah, his death was actually pretty lackluster. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the... Lacked something else, too, by killer. the time it was over, if you know what I mean. The killer shows up and gets uh, Nikki. Yeah. Uh, Harv's got a gun. That's interesting. Harv is packing heat. Yeah. On an island retreat. Uh, Harv goes goes missing as well, I believe. No, he they find him hanged. Yeah, but, I mean, he's... They're like... Uh, Kit and Rob are like, where is everybody? And they start running through the house and they find that everybody's missing. And then they yeah. eventually find uh, Harv. Hanged Harv. Hanged Harv. Uh, Hang him Harv. The sheriff doesn't Buffy. show up, all this stuff. Right. It turns out that Muffy is really Buffy. Ooh. Her sister. Twin and sister. And they find Muffy's head in the <gasps> basement. All this craziness, right? All sorts. Um. So one by one, everybody's been kind of picked off, leave, leaving Kit and Rob, who are maybe having a tough time right now. They're like so caught up in their stresses about their lives and what Rob's going to do with his, you know, he he didn't get into med school because his grades weren't good enough or something. and yeah. Or he wasn't serious enough. Damn it, Rob. And so he's taking everything super seriously. And, uh, and now their lives are in danger and all their friends are dead. He gets locked in the cupboard and then Muffy Buffy is chasing... Weird thing about that chasing. Yeah, tell me about the chasing with the knife. Chasing they were, with the knife. They run away from the house. Muffy's house. Yeah. Then they run back to the house. Well, okay. So Kit, so this is before the chase. Well, yeah, this is before the chase scene. Well, that part's they find not the, the body. Part. They find the bodies. And yeah. They go out to the dock to meet the sheriff, but the sheriff isn't there. Right. So they go back in but, to call the sheriff. Yes. But then they somehow manage to lock. Muffy out of the house with like no ex- explanation at all. They get to the house. It's all locked up. They sneak through a window, but somehow Muffy who owns the house and is the one behind all these murderers is locked out of the house. That well, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, so presumably it was so they could do the knife in the, in the lock scene. That's all they wanted I to guess. do the knife in the lock scene. I mean, presumably Muffy was trying to kill them outside. Okay. But why? Because there's plenty of places to hide and things to do in the house. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. But why would she lock herself out of her own murder house? Maybe you it was, get it. It was an accident. I don't you know. know I don't know. It's the, It was the 80s. So, it sure was. So anyways, uh, Rob gets locked in the pantry. She chases Kit. Uh, Rob eventually gets out of the pantry, finds his way to where they are. And it's all been one big April Fool's Day prank. April Fool's Day. And everybody is still alive, hanging out. Even the boat guy that got his face mangled was a, was an actor. He was a stuntman. Turns out he's a local makeup, makeup guy, designer, too. Makeup guy, yeah. Which is impressive, because that basically lets you know that, oh, he applied that terrifying gore makeup while completely submerged underwater. Yeah. Seems like the worst way to try to apply terrifying gore makeup. In a lake. It's not yeah. like he was in a nice, clean bathtub. He was in a filthy lake. Yeah. So sweet buck. So here's the thing about this movie that I actually think is kind of genius. Listening, I'm listening. So it it's not a comedy. 
No. By any means. Um, and you definitely think that people are getting killed throughout the film. Oh, yeah. Um, because you see, like, the heads and stuff and the bodies. Mm-hmm. And so um, what's really genius about the film is in the 80s, for say, actually starting in the late 70s, but so for about eight years leading up to this film. Yeah. You had all these films that were about holidays or special days. There was a decent handful of them. You got Halloween. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Prom night. Black Christmas. Uh, graduation day. My Bloody Valentine. Um, Slumber you, Party Massacre. Slumber just, party. You know what you know. there still wasn't? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so anyway, so April Fool's Day comes along and takes that genre that had been being done over and over and over again. And they put they, they put it on its ear, so to sure. speak. Um, and, and that's something that I, I think. And I feel like it works. You know, you, you definitely... In some ways, where it doesn't work is it's so run-of-the-mill. It's so standard yeah. that it gets a little like, okay, now this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. But the great part is if you make it all the way to the end, right. you get a pretty cool payoff, I and think. And Nikki's still alive. <laughs> Nikki's still alive. Which is great. Um, and it was, not, it was not a big gore fest. Even the severed heads are not that horrifying or anything. Right. Thank goodness. Um, so I, I guess from... You know, it became popular when it hit TV because they didn't have to edit stuff out. True. There's no nudity in the film. There's no. There I mean, isn't. No, you can kind of see through a shirt. Yeah. Uh, in one scene, um, there is some brief sex, but you don't see any, really see anything. Yeah. Um, and the violence all happens off screen because it's none of it's real. That's true, with the exception of the boat guy and the fake knife in the stomach. Yeah. But everything else is pretty much just you see the bodies after the fact. Yeah, I mean, Chaz just lays down to take a nap with that zipper mask on, and then Nikki walks in, and he's just dead. Got a bloody wing he's got area. A, he's got a bloody circle on his pants, Yeah, and she screams, and then we don't know what happens to her. Oh, yeah. Also, it turns out that uh, Skip is uh, is really her brother, and this Ooh. whole thing was to test out this idea of a a weekend getaway murder mystery thing yeah. that she has this idea for. Cause she had to p- prove that she can, you know, have this house and they don't need to sell it and she can make some money with it. Right. Muffy is the one having Buffy. to prove that. And there is no Buffy. There's no Buffy. Buffy was a fabrication sort of like, uh, what was his name? Doug, Doug Kaufman in uh, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you want to hear some something, you want to hear spooky? Of course. Because it is a Halloween episode. So it's time for something spooky. So Griffin O'Neill plays Skip in the yeah. movie. And he does the prank which disfigures the guy. Right. In real life. Oh, no. He was indicted Ooh. on manslaughter charges. Oh, my gosh. The year after this movie came out. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. For a drug-induced boating mishap. Oh no. That resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's son. That's terrible. Crazy, right? Real crazy. Yeah. Poor everybody involved in that story. Life imitating art. Yikes. Boats, man. Boats and drugs don't mix. Nor do boats and booze. When you're on a boat, stay sober. And a thing that rhymes with that. Yeah. Wow, that's terrifying, man. So that was uh, 
That would have to have been uh, after the Wraith. The Wraith was also 1986, so the oh, Wraith yeah. must have been in the can by then. Yeah. Uh, so Deborah Foreman, who plays Muffy Buffy, yeah, uh, like, like fought for the role. Like they didn't, they didn't take her on her first audition. That's cool. Um, they tried to sign other people that backed out, and so she came back in and like fought for it. And I guess she blew them away. Way to and, go, Deborah uh, Foreman. Yeah. yeah, good for her. Did did it, is there anything in the trivia about like who else was up for it? Uh, not that I know of. Shelley Duvall. No, I don't. I don't think Shelley Duvall. Shelley Long. I don't think Shelley Long. She was probably busy on Cheers at that at this time. Shelley Winters. No, not that I know of. Those are the why, only why three Shelleys, Shelleys I know of, folks. Mary Shelley. Well, Mary Shelley was an author long dead by this yeah, time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, filmed in British Columbia. It was so so beautiful. So that's Canada then. Canada. Wow. All American actors though. Is that East Coast Canada or West Coast Canada? I feel like British Columbia's West Coast. But I'm no expert. I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit I'm no Canadian expert. So there's a uh, novelization of this story. There is? Yes. Um and it was published the same year that this came out. Written by uh Jeff Rovin. Oh, okay. I thought um, it was going to be like a big surprise name. So there were a couple changes. Muffy's maid was black. Who cares? I don't even remember a maid. Uh, the maid shows up at the very, very beginning. And uh, when Muffy is in the basement listening to the music box and she's like sorting some things around and the maid's like, is there anything else you need? Blah, blah, blah. Because she's going to be gone all weekend. Oh, the maid's leaving for the weekend. Yes. That's why I don't remember the maid. She left. She got out alive. Um, Rob also cheats on Kit. She the, made it out alive. In the novelization. Rob cheats on Kit? Yeah, I assume with Nikki. They're only there for two days. I mean, Nikki or Nan, right? Or? I don't think it's Muffy. Or Muffy. I don't think so. What if he did it with Muffy while she was in, you know, insane mode? I was rooting for a Muffy Arch thing. Aww. You know? Yeah, because th- I'm pretty sure Arch was too. Yeah, well, there was a reference. There was sort of a thing. Yeah. Kind of near the beginning. That's right, huh? Yeah, Arch is really like trying to lay it on, and yeah, and then Muffy snaps, but she's only pretending. Yeah, there is a party going on out there, some sort of harvest ceremony or something. I don't know. There's a oh, they're building a wicker man in the yard, and uh, a man is screaming for his life. Yeah, as they prepare to burn him inside the head of the wicker man. Yikes. So, so apparently there was another like sort of act that had been removed from this. I don't know if they just refilmed it or what. Yeah. But because the book came out around the same time, they had they had it was revealing the movie's hand. Oh. So, but apparently some versions of the home home movie edition uh has photos from from that that aren't in the movie. Huh. Some versions of the home video edition has photos that aren't well, that's that's quite a mystery to solve, and I think it's up to us to solve it, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the infamous uh, Cosmo questionnaire when they're making dinner? You know, I remember there being a Cosmo questionnaire. I don't remember any of the actual questions. She's asking about like what your first time was like and stuff okay. like that. Okay. Uh, so apparently, the actress was doing that with the other actresses oh on their free time or you know offset that's fun the director heard it and gave her the magazine and gave her a new set of questions and told her to just improv that's cool so apparently that's kind of an improv scene 
That's fun to know. Yeah. It's the kind of crap that would happen at a weekend getaway. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're all stranded here. Answer these questions. Now, this movie or does else. have a connection to Friday the 13th. Uh, Not story-wise. Well, uh, what the lady who played Kit. Well, besides Kit. Okay, so there's another connection. Let me try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so did it have to do with cast or other crew? Crew, or? yeah. Crew? Crew. Director? No. Right. I'm just going to jump to it. Jump to it. The producer, Frank Mancuso Jr., mm. um, was also produced four of the Friday the 13th films. Wow. Yeah. Does it say which four? No. Darn it. I suppose I could IMDb that part. Um, I hope you produced Friday the 13th part four, because that's my favorite one. Yeah, you like that Corey Feldman, huh? I mean, I just think that's like the best of them all, you know. Also, because it's six part four and it's the final chapter, and then there's not been the final like chapter, six yeah. ever. No, but I mean the subtitle well, is yeah, but five Friday is the, the new 13th, beginning, the final chapter. Yeah, and exactly, and then they but just part kick six. It right Jason back lives. I mean, Jason lives. Pretty solid. It just makes me laugh. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Producers, where's Mancuso over here? There we go. Let's see, which Friday the 13th, part two. Oh, he produced uh, Species as well. So much stuff. Stigmata. Yeah. Ronin. He produced Ronin with Robert De Niro. I guess so. Hoodlum with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Tim Roth there. Cool World. He said, she said. War of the Worlds, the television series. Friday the 13th, the series. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. My favorite one. He's favorite a producer one. on it. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Way to go, Frank Mancuso. Uh, would you like to know what the alternate ending was? You bet. All right. You can't stop me from wanting to know. All right. So the whole weekend's a setup. Yeah. The guests leave except for Rob Kitt, Chaz, and Nikki. Yeah. And they sneak back to the house to prank Muffy for revenge. Oh. But when they get there, Skip is there, and he cracks in a rage of jealousy and tries to kill Muffy. Oh, my gosh. Rob jumps in, saves Muffy, and kills Skip in the process. Ooh. So in that, somebody would die. Yeah. But in this, zero body count. Zero body count. Even at even with that little stinger at the very end, too. Even the stinger at the end. The stinger at the end is pretty good. It's pretty good. Because you, like, you're like, oh, finally we got it. And then yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. Nope. It's all fun and games. Yeah. It's all funny games. It is getting really dark in here. Almost Halloween dark. Yeah. That was Michael Myers theme. Okay, so there are are actually two references to Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah. Amy Steele. Amy Steele. Right. The Uh, actress. The cat scares Skip. Sure. That happens in so many horror movies, though. Um, Scaredy cat jumping out at you. Arch gets hung upside down uh, in a rope, just like Scott in Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, Yeah, so that was... uh, so t- tell me more about what you felt about this. I mean, now that we've kind of talked about the twist. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just kind of, you know, I, I enjoyed the ride. But, yeah, then once it's over, it's kind of like, oh, that was 
really more of a prank movie than a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, okay, well, so it, would, what, would you consider, like, The Birds to be a horror film? I mean, horrific things happen in it. The birds attack the people. Yeah, people I would consider that. Out. But the first half of the film is a, yeah, is a romantic comedy. Yeah. Right? For those of you that haven't seen The Birds, I highly recommend it. I, yeah, I guess it's kind of a horror film disguised as a romantic comedy I mean, or if, a romantic comedy that becomes if, a horror film. Yeah, I mean, if if you, the whole movie is, is horrific. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is people go, oh, this movie's not a horror film. Horror isn't a real genre. What do you mean? Horror itself, is it's too broad. It's not too a real broad, eh? thing. For something to be a horror film, it just has to have horrific things throughout it. Sure, murders, monsters. Sure, but by that, but, but there's a lot of police detective movies that would qualify. You yeah, I mean, mean? You know, like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, which a lot of people consider a horror film, right? Very true. But they don't consider... Kind of really more of an investigation film. Yeah. So, and a sexy tuck dance film. I, I think, you know, this falls more <laughs> in the slasher... Yeah, category because that's the that's the vehicle that drives the whole thing. That's the boat that drives the whole thing. It's the slasher. I can dig that. Um, you know, zombie. There's you know, zombie movies versus infected movies. They're two very different kinds of films. So the, I think right. Like when you get more specific, those are horror films. Um, you know, I heard, I heard someone saying that uh, this movie came out last year. The Forest wasn't a the horror forest. film. Oh, um, with uh, Marjorie course, Tyrell. It's absolutely a horror film because horrific things happen in it. And, you know, there's ghosts and creepy crawlies and things, but it's slow and it doesn't have a high body count. So people go, oh, it's not a horror film. Well, that's not the definition of... Like, that's the problem with labeling things horror. Well, I mean, horror is just the big broad umbrella, Yeah, but the, but, then, the, but then if it doesn't fit these what all these other horror films are then all of a sudden it's not horror anymore and that's what i'm saying like i feel like that term is is used too loosely and so yeah it just confuses people interesting so be more specific with your genres people i worry that you're overthinking it i'm just tired of hearing people like say stuff they don't know what they're talking about well who isn't tired i mean aliens like a war film practically but but also kind of a horror kind film. Kind of a horror film. But right? also a sci-fi film, because it's about being in space. Sure. I say space, outer space. Yeah. I mean, Star Outer Wars. space. Star Wars. Samurai film. Samurai film and a fantasy, not really a sci-fi at all. Fair enough. But people call it sci-fi because it's got lasers and spaceships or whatever. Why get, let's not get nit. This is what I'm saying, though. The the things that people consider genres are too big. Too big. And so it's too confusing for people. you got to be more specific. Eh, I think it's only too confusing for people like us that think about it too much. Uh, 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. Science fiction. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street. Family entertainment. Uh-huh. Got a father and a kid there arguing. I don't know. I've, I haven't you're, seen Wall Street in so just, long. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Bad News Bears. Bad news bars. Horror film. Total horror film. I mean, think about it. If you ran into a bear. Abusive. What's the worst news that could happen (laughs) from running into a bear? That'd be pretty horrific. Yeah. Should we move on to Pontypool? Pontypool. Pontypool was a a fun movie. Pontypool. It opens with like a, what, a four minute uh, monologue while you're looking. About Pontypool. 
and and the whole time you're just looking at like a like a, a funny little what would you even call that like a, a digital kind it's of a, it's an audio wave an audio wave yeah of this guy's voice as he's explaining Pontypool. Mrs. You know, French's cat. Mrs. French is missing. Yeah, that's the one. Gosh, how to even discuss Pontypool? Yeah. It almost seems. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like a pool, you should just jump right in. Pont de Flac. Pont de Flac. I feel like you're just making up phrases no, that no, you no. want me to think are French. It's, now, it's, remember who drives across Pont de Flac? Colette. Colette sounds like culotte. Panty in French. Ooh. Piscine means pool. Panty pool. Panty pool. Flac also means pool in French. Ooh. So Ponty Colette pool. Piscine in French, Panty pool, drives over the Pont de Flac. The Pont de Pool. So much French in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. But it's all in English. Well, there's, there's definitely fr- No, there's French in the movie. Yeah, that's true. It takes place in Pontypool, Canada. What, Ontario? Uh, yeah. I feel like that's the, the, the big, what, province? Do they call them provinces up there? Uh, province. I feel like... Canadian province, that sounds right. I think that's correct. Haven't been to Canada, folks. Sue me. Yeah. Go I'm ahead gonna, and I'm sue gonna, me I'm for sue not you. visiting Canada. You'll get laughed right out of court. American court. So the movie follows Grant Mazzy, who's a radio, like kind of rockin' radio DJ. Yeah. But he's like stuck in the morning in this little tiny town. and He wears a cowboy hat all the time. Yeah. Like, and he's, a, like he's Don Imus. Like a leather jacket or something, right? And sunglasses. Wears a cool sunglasses and leather jacket combo. Doesn't he wear sunglasses? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe that's just in a photo I saw. But he has to wear his headphones wrong because he refuses to take his cowboy hat off at his radio station job. And then he's got two off-air sidekicks. Uh, What were the names? Sydney and uh, Lisa Ann? Sydney Breyer is alive. Sydney Breyer is alive. Uh, Laurel Ann? Laurel Ann. I knew it. I now, you hadn't seen this movie. There's another one you hadn't seen. I'd never seen it. I had. I had very I, little information about it. Third or fourth time watching this movie. Oh, wow. I really like this one. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'd dive back in too quickly. Oh, uh, no, no. I mean, over, you know, like a year apart or something. But I think yeah. it's I think it's, um, it's fun to show people this movie because it's so different from the, what they're used to. I mean, uh, let's, just, let's just kind of come out and say it. It's essentially an, effect, an infected or zombie kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, infected is the right term. Infected for sure. Um, because it's not undead people. No, there are people who are alive. Yeah, but something has triggered a slow walking, vicious bloodlust within them. Yeah, they get sick. What makes they, them sick? Uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. So Grant Mazzy shows up in the morning to do his radio show news and talk radio and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Laurel Ann is the homecoming hero, the ex military girl who is the intern there right sydney Breyer, who is alive uh is the producer yeah and to tell grant what to say grant is pissed at his agent for getting him this job but it sounds like there was a big problem at some big you know big radio station that he used to be at in the big city right um he rubbed rubbed people the wrong way 
classic Grant Mazzy. He is a what they refer to as a take no prisoners Ooh. kind of DJ. So he he kind of just cuts through BS and calls it how he sees it. Right. Um, even if that means kind of poking fun at people who are guests. He does plenty of that. Um. So basically, what happens in this movie is they uh, they get a call from the traffic guy who's in the sunshine chopper kenny kenny in the sunshine chopper the sunshine chopper and uh and he's telling him about traffic and then he sees that there's a big disturbance at this doctor's office oh and uh the building explodes and people are pouring out of it and all this crazy nonsense oh my god and they're like what the heck can we get you know can we get confirmation of this and as the movie progresses they they do get confirmation and uh they have uh, they have some guests come in, right? Who Lawrence are doing and the Arabians, Lawrence and the Arabians, who are doing a uh, uh, probably racist, it's a very musical racist stage musical of Lawrence of Arabia, but with right? Osama bin Laden. Oh yeah, that's right. It is a little weird, very weird. So I'll say it. Uh, one of the girls who's there singing uh, starts muttering to herself. Oh. What does she say? I literally don't remember. She's not. She doesn't say missing, does she? No, that's Laurel Ann. Laurel Ann's key word is, is missing, 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 yeah. missing, missing. Uh, I feel like the girl says something about food. I don't know. I potatoes. Can't, can't I'm hungry. So she. So the little girl. They, anyways, they they escort her away. But that's our first clue that something is amiss. Oh yeah. Um, eventually. Uh, they get an, another call from Ken. He's he's being uh, stalked by people who are like pulling other people out of cars, and he's in like a grain silo. And somebody's some somebody's teenage boy is after him. Um, All right. And he falls down, and he's repeating something to himself. Uh, eventually, Ken Ken starts repeating things to himself in yeah. one of the phone calls. Uh, oh yeah, he messes up the word sample. I sample, think. sample, sample, sample. He's sample. Sample. Where's the sample? The sample. Poor so, Kenny in the sunshine chopper. Yeah, which really is his car. What? It's really not a sunshine. He didn't chopper. really go up in a helicopter he all day not. every day. He did not. He's a liar. You're a liar, Ken. Um. Now the doctor's office, who who's, who exploded. Now the doctor was like Doctor uh, Mendez. Yeah, Doctor Mendez is maybe up to no good prior to this. Like he's mm. maybe got some some lawsuits hanging. He. Somehow shows up at the uh, radio station. He crawls in through a window, right, to explain what all is going on. Uh, they also have uh, some French-speaking military type interrupt their radio broadcast, telling them not to speak to loved ones, stay inside, avoid uh, the English language, avoid the English language, that's and terms of endearment. Avoid terms of endearment. Yeah, that's right. Uh, huh. And. Uh, Laurel Ann goes insane. She does. Missing, 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 missing. She smashes that adorable face of hers into a glass wall over, over and over again. Yep. Yeah. Cuts her face all up pretty badly. It's uh, sad. And without, and the doctor says, you know, essentially like without uh, something to hunt and kill, uh, something's going to, we don't know what's going to happen to her. Yeah. She vomits blood all over it. It's, it's so gross. gross. It's and then so she dies. gross. Uh, the doctor also goes uh what is it breathe yeah he starts he to breathe, crack breathe, up with breathe, the word breathe, 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 breathe but breathe. then he starts speaking a different language 
starts yeah starts, starts speaking French. I believe. Can oh no, he starts speaking something up? else, and then they start speaking French. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they decide to uh, leave him, but they do have this idea. So these people uh, show up in the uh, they they basically raid the all the zombie people or whatever you want a herd people a herd a herd comes walking uh in. and they're banging on the radio glass the radio yeah. booth glass mm. and so they decide to send a message through the loudspeakers and so they send a message to let the military people outside know right sydney briar is alive and they put it on the loudspeakers out in the parking lot and the zombies sort of disperse yeah they leave the doctor in the radio booth and they go barricade themselves in like a supply closet type thing that sounds like the right word for it it's like gear and all sorts of stuff and it's big it's very big it's more of a supply depot no more of the walker walkers <laughs> thinking walking dead still more I, of the I'm herd come back too um they barricade themselves in they write to each other back and forth for hours yeah oh uh, right we see yeah we see that door like they 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 show her writing one thing on it, and then it's like flash forward, and there's like thousands of things written on the yeah. door. Uh, one thing I did miss, the miss saying, yeah, and that was uh, before they leave the radio booth. Sydney calls to check on her kids and tell them that she loves them. Oh right, mistake, big mistake. So, anyways, they're in this thing, and she starts repeating kill, 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 and uh, they figure out that uh, it's not. With the help of the doctor previously, but they figure out that the thing that's infecting everyone is spread through words, not Ooh. through the air, not through blood, not through saliva, not through bites. Yeah, it's words. Uh, it's words, and it's the words that get repeated are infected. Ooh. And so they, uh, when he s- hears her saying "kill," uh, um, Mazzy 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 uh, decides to. To replace the word kill. Kill means kiss. Kill means kiss. Oh. Kill means kiss. Kill like means where kiss. this kill is going. And, uh, and she starts to calm down. And my favorite line, which is probably an obvious moment if you are writing this thing, but I-, I love it anyways. She says, kill me. Right. And so he kisses her. They French kiss. Um, and they're French Canadian. Yeah. All right. Uh, Way to go. So they decide that they've got to tell the world how to solve this. So they go back into the radio station and do one last broadcast. Oh, yeah. The and, last broadcast. Scary movie. Uh, okay. Uh, and then the the town starts getting bombarded with bombs, and he's explaining that uh, sample is staple. Sample is staple or whatever. Yeah. Kill is kiss. saying, like, this word is that word, and that word is this word. And- Orange. Yeah, and he's like, light is dark. And then he's like, no, wait, that's too obvious. Because it's opposite. Light is a lemon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they do their last broadcast and the place gets bombed. Oh, snap. And uh, that's kind of what we're left with, right? Ponty pool. Ponty. Wow, we just really whipped through that one. Very interesting. Well, I mean, the, the, the whole movie takes place inside one radio station, so there's not a lot to explain. Yeah. You know, a few people show up. That's it. Yeah. Now, when we were, when we were watching the film, like, pretty early on, you had the feeling that they were getting pranked by everyone outside, that it was a War of the Worlds situation. Yes, I started in to reverse. think that maybe it's a reverse War of the Worlds, where the audience is pranking the radio station. I love that you said that, because... Go on. 
the movie is both a motion picture and a radio play, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, the radio play is only 58 minutes, though. Wow. And the movie is 95 minutes. So That makes a lot of sense, because most of the movie is a few people in one room having conversations. Now, the original concept for the movie was like kind of artsy, and it was the whole thing was that wavelength. Oh, God. So you're basically listening to a radio play, and all you would see is the I would have walked out. Line. Um, you would hear Sydney and Laurel Ann would only be mentioned. You wouldn't ever hear her. Oh, wow. So it would just be granted. I mean, it would have been interesting. Yeah. I just, I would have watched it at home as a whole time. Yeah. It would have been checking email. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't like this whole phone thing during movies. You know that. Well, I don't like it either, but if there's literally nothing on screen, I'm going to look at my phone. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the director refers to instead of zombies refers to them as conversationalists. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. There are three stages of the virus. Um, oh. First is you you begin to, you might begin to repeat a word, something gets stuck. It's usually words that are terms of endearments like sweetheart or kill honey. Honey, Mrs. French's cat. Mrs. Honey. French's cat is missing. Mrs. French's cat is missing. The second stage is your language becomes scrambled. You can't express yourself properly. Third stage is you become so distraught that you feel like the only way way out of your situation as an affected person is to try to chew your way through the mouth of another person. Gross. Yeah. Which sort of explains what happens to Laurel Ann's mouth. Oh, she probably gets chewed so through up. her mouth, her own cheeks. Scary. Uh, let's see here. I miss you, Laurel Ann. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we never knew each other ever, but I miss you. There, I said it. There's a a book in the background called Snow Crash. Oh, yeah? And uh, that is a book about an earworm uh, virus Ooh. that transfers itself through verbal information. Yikes. Hint, hint. little hint in the, in the Snow movie. Crash. Um, the actors that play Grant and uh, Sydney? Yeah. Married in real life. Really? Yep. That's his real life wife? Yep. All right. Now, um, Sydney Breyer is alive. Sydney Breyer is like now. Sydney Breyer is now, alive. The bombs drop and it goes black. We don't actually know that they die. True. There are two planned sequels. Let me hear. No, that's all I oh. know. There are two planned sequels. I thought there were plans in terms of like the one's going to be like this and the one's going to mm. be like that. Uh, I don't know that apparently that they were come. They came up with the ideas for the second and third film before the first one. Cool. So this is really kind of like a prequel to the things that they originally planned. Ponty Pool 2. Which is kind of cool. The deep end. Because like, it's like exciting that it wasn't like an afterthought to do two or three yeah. films. I agree with that. Yeah. Ponty Pool 3. Adult Swim. Adult Swim, it's not as funny to reference anymore because now it's been a TV program for 16 years. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid and you'd hear the phrase Adult Swim, you'd be like, oh, I remember that. And now right. it's a very successful TV program. Punty Pool 2 and 3. That's a, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Huh. So, I wonder if they would take place in the same town or different towns. So, you wouldn't necessarily go back to it, but you but you Well, did, I wouldn't go back to it too soon. But you but you did enjoy the film. Yeah. I think it was an inventive way to look at a quote-unquote zombie or infected, yeah. Or infected uh uh uprising um uh, just a uh 
incident? It's kind of a post-apocalyptic thing, right? It's, um, yeah, I don't know. We don't know. The dawn of the conversationalists. Yeah. Ooh. Convies. Convies. We nice. got a great big convy. Yeah. Rolling through the night. So that was Pontypool. Ponty Please Pool. let us know what you guys thought of April Fool's Day and Pontypool. Yeah. Tweet at us. At VTRT Movies. Yeah. Or even. Uh, yeah. Movie Hippo. I, I really prefer you guys just tweet at that. Okay. I, like I mean, you can tweet at. Steve, too. You can tweet at but Steve don't worry no, about, no Howard all yeah, you want. Don't worry about Movie Hippo. It's just, okay. I, I read I read all of the VTRT movies uh, Twitter all right. responses, so um, so I see it there. Okay, and good. I, and I'm the one who responds usually. So That's true. I don't have access to the account. You, I mean, you do. You have a password, but you just don't care. He, uh, he doesn't care, folks. I, uh, he doesn't care, folks. It's not that I don't care. He cares too deeply, folks. Well... It's that I care just enough. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about a few things. Um, let's talk about some stuff. Let's talk about trailers. Have you seen any interesting trailers recently? Gosh, we just saw a handful. We just saw a, ro- a, a cool Rogue One trailer. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I think that looks like a fun movie. I, I had I had not seen that new trailer before. I had not seen it before either. I'm. It was good. So, uh, folks. If you're not interested in spoilers or things that could be spoiled as from trailers, don't listen to this. Um, we're also going to talk about Magnificent Seven. We will talk about spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers for Magnificent Seven, I hate to say this, but this was the end of your view the right thing journey for this episode. Oh boy! But should uh, we draw from the bucket before we? Uh, yeah, let's pick let's these things? let's go ahead and draw from the bucket. Yeah, and then we'll get back to the conversation. Yeah. All right. Where is the bucket? You want to draw you, right here? Okay. Let me pull the top off. You want to draw first? I would like to draw first. Now, this is the October bucket, right? This is all October bucket. scary stuff for Halloween. Put my mic up to it. Oh, well, thank you. All yeah. right. I'm not going to dig around too long this time. Okay. No, nah, maybe I will. I want to make sure I get something good. I oh, my like, gosh. Draw. Well, I feel like whenever I just pull right off the top, uh, then I wind up with something kind of lame. Are you going to read it? Are you? Pretty excited. Okay, what is it? Tales of Halloween. All right. I have not seen that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, and I remember Neil King, shout out to Neil, telling us a how cool <laughs> it was. A that was ago. a year ago, easily. Yeah. And uh, I've been excited, and that's pretty exciting. I I was still more excited when I drew uh, Dune and Hodorowski's Dune, but this is pretty exciting. I must knock the bucket on the floor. Let me hold it. Okay. And you draw while I hold. I'm not going to spend a lot of time drawing. Here we go. Okay. All right. Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. That's not to be confused with Lake Placid, I assume. One I put in there because I feel like people should see it. I've seen it. You have not. Where is it from? Uh, Australia, maybe? Okay. It's great. It's great. I really, really like the film. All right. And... and uh, when you watch it, folks, I'm going to just say this now. It Obviously, not every movie is every person's cup of tea. I strongly urge you, stick through this movie all the way through the credits. All the way through the credits? Yeah. Okay. Is this movie scarier than The Babadook? I haven't seen The Babadook. Fair enough. Um, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Vamp. I can vamp. I can't believe Wes hasn't seen The Babadook. That's a movie that gets talked about... Uh, very, uh, very often in the circles that he and I travel in. 
I saw the Babadook pretty much as soon as it was available on streaming. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it. Uh, it's an enjoyable enough horror movie. I know a lot of people have said it's the scariest, most inventive horror movie that they've ever seen. I'm not entirely sure if I believe that, but I remember there being a lot of really good performances. And, you know, it's it's pretty good and scary and kind of funny and... You know, that sort of thing. It's what you want in a horror movie. You don't want to be scared the whole entire time. You need the comic relief to make you feel better about the scary moment that you just experienced and to make you forget about the scary moment that's lurking around the corner as you work your way through the movie. Babadook. Check it out. I'll say yes. I'm so excited to watch Tales of Halloween. I'm a fan of Halloween, both the time of year and even most of the Halloween movies about Michael Myers. I like that original one an awful lot. The original Halloween. Yeah. Michael Myers and Laurie Strode and Steve Todd. I prefer to watch one and two back to back. How do you feel about the zombie Halloweens? Uh, They're not that good. No? No, I mean, um, you know, he did... It's interesting. When he did House of a Thousand Corpses, I was really, really excited. Yeah. And I was like, man, this guy's just like ripping off uh, Texas Chainsaw. It's not that interesting. Okay. Um, I feel like he tries to do stuff, like tries too hard for shock. Okay. Um, a lot of stuff doesn't really feel that motivated. Uh, I like that he he tried something, you know, yeah. to his second Halloween. Um, not as good as the first one. Um, partially probably because it's such a departure and it's such a departure. It's a little bit of like, I don't know, nonsense stuff, but you know, he tried, he tried to do something fair enough with it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I think there's something to be said about the blank slate, uh, Michael Myers versus the Rob Mm. zombie one. The Rob zombie one is, um, I don't know, just kind of, a little too vicious and aggressive because it's very and vicious. motivated. It's motivated. Well, after you watch the second one, you find out everything's motivated. Yeah. And, uh, the idea of just sort of like a blank slate killing machine that just like lives to kill, I think is much more terrifying to me. Um, okay. All right. I don't need dirt and yeah. grime on the mask. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Uh, I can understand that, but, uh, you know, he tried, I mean, I tip my hat to the Rob Zombie Halloweens because it's like this. The guy's going and making two movies that are basically reboots of a movie that at that point had already seen, what, eight? Yeah, they're really remakes. I mean, they go beyond reboot. Yeah, yeah, they are remakes. So I tip my hat because it's like, here he is. He's going and doing Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 quote-unquote remakes. There's already been like at least seven Halloweens, maybe even eight at the time. And yet he managed to make these two movies very, very different from those. And I think that was a pretty hard task to pull off. Um, He did do the right job of including Danielle Harris in the cast. Yep. And also, uh, oh, and good old Angela Trimber is in Halloween too. And she's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Angela Trimber, star of The Final Girls. The Final Girls. The movie you're obsessed with. Folks, it's Halloween. If you haven't watched The Final Girls, watch The Final Girls. I like her videos girls. where she dances. Oh, man. Yeah, she's, 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 she's a treat. And whatnot. Yeah, she's often to watch. 
Yeah, she's she's you know she's a very talented young lady. You know what it is? We were in improv level one together. That's oh, why I'm such a great big fan. Dropping. Um, you know what? Uh, what's great about her is that she exudes joy in her sure. movement, and that's why those dancing videos are so much fun to watch. Is she's just yeah, it's just like pure unbridled joy in all of her movement. You can tell she is having a great time. Yeah, just dancing around in front of strangers. Way to go. But that's not a very Halloween part of the conversation. <sighs> but here we are. We're done talking about those two horror movies. Now we got to watch Tales of Halloween. Yeah, I'm excited. And Lake Mungo. I, I'm, I'm only like sort of excited. What? Um, about uh, Lake Mungo? Tales, no, Tales of, the ha- Tales? of Halloween. Um, because T-H? I don't know what to expect. I'm worried. Uh, here's the thing. I loved Trick or Treat. Me Three and I'm worried this is going to be a uh, subpar grab at that of what made that good. So uh, so l- we'll okay, but you know I'll be worried about it. We'll go in. I'm gonna go in with as much of an open mind as I can. All right. Um and Did I say uh, all right or all right all right all right. Uh, all right. All right, so those are the two movies we are going to watch. Yeah. Now, if you don't want spoilers about recent trailers or Magnificent Seven, feel free to turn this off. We say good night to you. Yep. I'm going to try to keep talking over all that noise in the hallway because there's some sort of person train. The, going ho- the Howler monkeys are back. Ooh, oh, the Howling. The Howling is also a horror movie franchise. It is. How many of those were there? Just like two or three, maybe? I don't know. Isn't one of them literally called like The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf? I think. I don't know. I maybe watched, that was a dream I had. I watched the first one was not that impressed. Not that it's a, I mean, it's considered impressed. to be sort of like a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's the howling, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's werewolf stuff. Folks. I'm going to watch a werewolf movie. Uh, Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Uh, more so London. American Werewolf in London. Oh, man. Did you get to go to Horror Nights? Like, I've never been to Horror Nights. <sighs> We've had this conversation. I don't go very often. But if they ever bring back the American Werewolf in London maze, and maybe I've even said this on a previous mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. I don't know. If they bring back the American Werewolf in London maze, go to Halloween Horror Nights. That is the greatest scary maze I've ever experienced. Yeah. And I've experienced some. Okay. Not that many, but quite a few, some. and that was the greatest. Uh, here's a quick peek behind the uh, View the Right Thing curtain. Uh, Desi is on her way home. Oh, cool. She's swinging by Alfredo's. Would you like Burritos. anything? What do they serve there? Burritos, tacos. I get the super fries, which is like fries with like carne asada and guacamole and stuff on them. Someone's coming in the door. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get a visit from Chris. Oh, it's a Halloween Ro- roommate Chris. Surprise. Roommate Chris. This is it gonna is. be roommate Chris. <laughs> roommate Chris makes an appearance on the podcast. Say hi to the viewers, Chris. Hi. That's uh, pretty faint. He said hi. He said it quietly though. He's he's giggling. Yeah, we're just about to talk about. Uh, some trailers that we saw recently and Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven. We went, we went Seven. and saw The Magnificent Seven. Have you seen that yet, Chris? No. Oh, then you don't want spoilers. So get your ass out of here. Whoa, G-Y-A-O-H. Oh, he, knows I, he knows I mean it out of love. Oh, yeah. I'm going to come see you later. All right. All Bye, right. Chris. Thanks for, thanks for making an appearance, Chris. Appearance. Is it an appearance if it's just audio? Um, appearance seems to be very visual, you know? It really does. Eusters, what's a better term? A vis... Yeah, I don't know. An audio appearance. So do you want something, Steve? Because she's asking, what do you no, want? No, I think I'll be okay. You want a burrito? 
They're pretty good, like a carne asada burrito or a carnitas burrito. Well, or something. I had that burger before we started the show, and that uh, had two all beef patties. They got patties street on it. tacos. No, I'll be all right. Thank you very much for the offer, though. Gosh, should I get in? Should I dive into these trailers we saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you start? Well, I'll tell you something interesting that happened at the very beginning of Magnificent Seven as a result of the trailers, and that is when it's first showing the you know beautiful western landscapes of the frontier of america yeah my brain have being such a fan of sci-fi and all this that and the other thing i was for the first few shots of magnificent seven part of my brain was just expecting this to be like a sci-fi western are we skipping trailers well i'm talking about how this was an effect of the trailers because there was so much science fiction in the trailers there was a western in the trailers and there was a western and then when magnificent seven started i was like cool what a beautiful planet they're on uh, i wonder what kind of robot <laughs> cowboys and i'm like wait a minute this is magnificent seven this is set on earth yeah in the well 18- they yeah they had that chris pratt uh sci-fi film right that, uh, that i think that played a trick on my brain i also haven't had a whole lot of sleep or coffee today yeah and here i was expecting this western to be a sci-fi western and uh just just my brain having a fart that's all okay just having a brain fart. So, but, man, what trailers did we see? So well, we, we saw... We saw a Western with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, which was called uh, In the Valley of Violence, I believe. Yeah. In the Valley of Violence. Ethan Hawke. John Travolta. John Travolta. Which was weird. And Tysa Farmiga. Okay. Of? Uh, up in the Air. The Final Girls. Oh, oh that one. Yeah, Vera is in Up in the Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They... Uh, no, you, little you sister. Always actually. bring it back to. Uh, I find I found out Tysa and Vera are sisters, not mother daughter, with like six siblings in between. I always thought they were like mother and daughter. I just I, assumed. I thought so too. Yeah, they're sisters. How about that, Tysa, Vera? If either of you is listening, say hi to both of you. <laughs> You're <laughs> both, hi to both great. Um, so that was in the Valley of Violence. Then we saw we the, passengers. So in the Valley of Violence, real oh, quick. You got news? Well, so. It's uh, Ethan Hawke, Karen Gillian. Oh, yeah, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Guardians um, of the Gillian. John Travolta. John Travolta. I feel like I saw somebody else in it that... Uh, Tysa Farmiga. That struck out, but maybe not. Uh, directed by Ty West, who is traditionally a horror director. Oh. Um, hit and miss for me. Ty yeah. West. I can't think of what he's directed. Well, he did one truly fantastic film. Actually, two really two. One really fantastic, one pretty good one. Okay. Uh, the fantastic one is called uh, The House of the Devil. It's an 80s babysitter trapped in a house. Something's trying to get me. Uh, it's not, not made in the 80s, but it takes place in the 80s. And the whole thing is shot as if it's an 80s film. It's wow. got that grainy 80s look. I, I mean, it's very, very authentic. Whoa. Um, and it also has... Uh, Sounds scary. Who is that? Deborah Winger? Deborah that Winger? Deborah Wasserman Schultz? Uh, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. D. Not Wallace. Deborah Winger. D. Wallace was E.T.'s mom, right? Yes. And uh, Deborah, Winger, Deborah Winger was E.T. Um, hey, what? Yeah, did the voice of E.T., I believe. Did she really? Yeah. Uh, Tom Noonan is in it. Tom Noonan from the Monster Squad and Last Action Hero. Yep. Yep. Um, If you haven't seen that, maybe we should add that to the list. It's very good. The Monster Squad? No, (laughs) The House of the Devil. (laughs) Uh, Watch Monster Squad. It's it's one I recommend. It's definitely a slower film. It's definitely a throwback to like, it's more of a throwback kind of to 70s, but it's it's definitely an 80s. 
kind of film. Yeah. Everything is very authentic um, to the ads and the pizza place they go to, to the music, uh, to the style and filmmaking. Cool. It's really, really cool. He did this other movie called The Innkeepers, which is about um, people this. People who keep an inn? The people who keep an inn and trying to ghost hunt. No. In in, uh stars Sarah Paxton and uh, Pat Healy. Paxton. Oh, I love Pat Healy. Yeah, Pat Healy is good in it. Why can't I picture Sarah Paxton in my Kelly memory? McGillis is in it. Kelly McGillis. Yeah. Wait, Kelly McGillis from Top Gun? Yeah. Okay, making sure I still uh, Lena memory. Dunham is in it. Some people like her. Take my breath away. But yeah, Sarah We're Paxton and Pat Healy are, are fantastic in it. They, they work in the inn. Uh, and they also are trying to like investigate like EVP and that kind of thing. And, cool. and there's some. Wait, did you just say Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham is of briefly HBO's in Girls. It. Yeah, well, that's she cool. Plays, she plays barista. Barista. So you know she's not a big part of it. Um, what if she's playing a girl who's named barista? Well, I mean, her parents are that. Cruel. I've seen the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and I like it. So it's, you're saying that one's good, good, but House of the Devil is great. House of the Devil is very, very good. But then he did like you know he did like VHS and he did an ABCs of Death and honestly like those VHS movies aren't very good. V- oh yeah, real VHS, popular, right? They're real popular, but uh, well, I think what it is is they're you know I mean they're right there on Netflix, so they're easy to watch. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a bunch of vignettes that are completely disconnected. So it's like, yeah, I'll give this a ride. And, yeah, yeah I, I hear you. Uh, he did, like, the uh, the Cabin Fever sequel. Oh, yeah? He did... Uh, um, Cabin Fever 2. The Sacrament. The Sacrament? Yeah, which is about the... They go... Um, it's like a news group goes to um, this, like, cult to go find this like, oh. one of the guy's sisters. Whoa. And uh, and they get embedded with this cult. A lot of scary cult stuff going around lately. Yeah, yeah. Why do I... Th- oh, because I like just a vice. It's, to, Yeah. It's presumably they're with Vice. Wow. Yeah. That sounds pretty intense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I don't know, Red state to me. Oh, okay. Red um, State by Kevin Smith. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not blown away by it, but... All right. Um, but it's interesting because he, this guy is strictly has been horror and uh so for him to be doing in a valley of violence and that's produced by blumhouse oh yeah that's right um so it's interesting i, I kind of thought when as soon as i saw that logo and then it was a western i was like okay something supernatural is going to happen here any yeah. minute it's gonna be about ghosts or whatever uh what if that just, is going to happen but th- for once a trailer is keeping some secrets from it's us. possible well i, I mean, really hope that's the case there was an implication at first because i knew it was blumhouse i knew and i didn't know it was ty west at the moment but all right um yeah, when they, you see Blumhouse, you think hard. Yeah, and they 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 beat up in the trailer. They beat up Ethan Hawke and really throw him do. off a cliff. That's also true. So he could be like a ghost guy or like a zombie guy or something for Ooh. all we know. But that isn't really implied in the rest of the trailer. Not it's at all. It's implied that it's just a revenge thing and he just happens to survive. In fact, there's a bit where you hear Travolta yelling, "He's got military training. He'll kill us all." Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if military training was quite that effective in back the Western, then. In the West. I feel like back then it was um, sort of like did you sign up? Good. Here's your gun. There's what you shoot at. Yeah. But I wasn't there. I don't know for sure. Um, yeah. So that was that trailer. I I, uh, I don't know. I might go see it. Travolta kind of turns me off a little bit. But, um, you know, all due respect to the man. When Travolta's playing a villain, I get a little nervous. Yeah. I get a little nervous. 
That's all I'm going to say. Uh, what was another trailer that was we the, saw? The Chris Pratt one. Um, Passengers. Passengers. Chris Pratt. Did you know that? Michael you know, Sheehan when and I was looking Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> looking up Chris Pratt. Uh, uh, did you know that he was in Jim and the Holograms? I don't think I did. I didn't know that either because I haven't seen it. But now I kind of want to see Jim and the Holograms see what Chris Pratt is doing in you it. You know who plays Jim? No. Aubrey Peoples. Okay. Star of Sharknado. Oh, okay. We okay. shared a trailer. No big deal. Uh, so you've got uh, Lawrence Fishburne in this Passengers film. Uh, who else is in here? A lot of a lot of people I don't recognize. I don't know if we're supposed to know that anybody else is in it. Well, isn't it? aren't we supposed to just think it's Chris Pratt? And no, because Lawrence no, because space? there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing with like Lawrence. videos and their friends. And, oh, right. Um, there's like a big like. I know why we didn't. We woke. Oh, so basically, uh, they these people are on a uh, like a hundred and eighty year. I don't know. They're they're on like some sort of journey where they have to go into cryo sleep right. and they wake up ninety years too early. Ninety two of years them. too early. And either everybody else is still asleep, or everybody else is dead already. Oh no! So there's some sort of malfunction. I got the feeling that they're all still asleep and that they're going to try and save them. But there's some sinister and nefarious thing going on. It's scary man. There's also like a romantic thing going on too. Oh, uh, space she- romance. Michael Sheen plays. A robot? A robot. A robot bartender? So we think he's a robot. A robot bartender? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was a cool looking trailer. Looks like there's going to be a lot of really good special effects. Yeah. I like Pratt. I like Lawrence. I like Sheen. I like the director. Um, Who directs it? Uh, the director is a guy by the name of Morton Tildum. Morton Tildum. And what most people have seen um, is... A little film starring Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, called The Imitation Game. Oh, right. About Alan Turing. About Alan Turing. And the, and the, the, the extremely horrible machine. story that his life turned out to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Real sad and just downright uh, evil yeah. that was inflicted upon the guy. Yeah. But he saved our butts in World War II. Sure. Sure did. But we're not here to talk about... So, we got a Rogue One trailer. We get any other good trailers? Uh, or have you seen any other good trailers recently? Yes. Well, you want to talk? You, we don't talk about it today necessarily. You can talk about it, but if I haven't seen the trailer, I might not want to know about it. So, it's a great trailer. Just FYI, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, I've seen a trailer that I absolutely can't talk about at all. Oh. But what I'm going to tell you is, it's great. And as soon as I'm allowed to talk about it and share it around, so it's not out yet. As soon as I'm allowed to talk about it and share it around, y'all are going to be like, good trailer. Does it rhyme with car tours? No. Okay. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Sounds I good. won't show it to you, you. You know what you always say? I'll tell you off the air or I always tell you that. And we always, every time so far, have forgotten to talk to each other about whatever it is. I'm a very forgetful person. Yeah. we, we oh, I'll tell you the spoiler later or whatever and then. I bet we talk about it eventually. Maybe. I don't know. But I remember like I've thought about it at, like multiple times after the fact. I've been like, oh, we never did talk about that thing. So are you asking me if I've seen a trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight? Yeah, that's what I was asking. I don't think anybody That'd has, be crazy, have they? Right? I don't know. I feel like it's way too early for that. I don't know. I bet we get one with Rogue One. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even consider that. It's only two, possi- mo- it's only oh two months away. They've, there's got to be a trailer being cut. Well, not episode eight isn't two months away. No, but the, but Rogue One is two months away, which means there's got to be a trailer for for oh, episode eight, right? This is terrifying. At least a teaser. 
This is just terrifying right now. I mean, the movie's wrapped, right? Probably. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't even want to think about it. It's, it's not it's wrapped. So it's far away. Close to being wrapped. Yeah, I'm sure so they. I'm sure they're cutting stuff. You're so far. I mean, we're away. probably gonna get a Thor Ragnarok trailer anymore, right? And we're Carol gonna get King? Star Wars. I would think. Man, that's gonna be crazy. Thor Ragnarok or Star Wars? Both. Yeah. I'm excited for Thor. I saw a headline recently that said Thor Ragnarok completely ignores the first two Thor movies and all of the Marvel MCU. That that's a lie. And I'm like, that sounds like a lie. That's but a if huge that's lie. true, it sounds like a really bad choice. Well, it's going to be hard for it to ignore the Marvel MCU because I agree. There's another character besides Thor in it from the Marvel MCU. I would say there probably is. I mean, anyway, I mean they've said it already. I I mean I. I don't know if we need to go there, but well, they, they've I said. don't. I can't think of who it is, so I don't want to know. You can't think of who it is. I don't. They've said who it is. They've you, put I'm sure I've heard who it is of this character and I've pushed it out of my mind, which means now I don't want to know. They put out concept art already. I don't care. All right, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, baby. Like I wish, I wish I did not know about the the, the big that surprise you know appearance in Captain America: Civil War. About underoos. I wish I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. I stayed I, away from watching. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but. I knew it was going to happen, too. I'm all right And with it. if it had happened and I didn't know it was going to happen, I would have been amazing. totally thrilled. Yeah, it would have been nice if they, they had, like, it actually so awesome. teased it a movie early. Could like, you imagine the feeling from that? Yeah, it would have been That would have been, been so great. And instead, it's like, no, this movie's cool, but there's pretty much no surprise. That was too it. big of a deal, though, to to keep out. All right, let's. Keep it. Let's Keep those secrets, Hollywood. Keep those. Well, they can't. They can't secrets. because that was too big. They, they had to work out a deal with Sony. Uh, complicated. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So, let's talk about uh, since we can't think of any other trailers that we can talk about right now. Which you don't hear for a lot of the film. Which is okay with me. Yeah, I was okay with it too. Because, like, uh, I expected it at the beginning, but it's okay. I feel like they worked it in well. Yeah, you know? they did too. You I hear hints agree. of it throughout the score. Not really. It was really at the very end. You hear hints. Hints. Get, of it, it seems like the music was uh, similar, but didn't actually have any of the theme in it. Right. It was but just it, close it enough. Bum, 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 I don't think it not, did. It wasn't those exact notes, but no. it had that. Dut, 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 yeah, it had in a, a different, lot of the stuff. It had a different. Dut, and dut, it's dut, like dut. you could tell, okay, I see where they're going with this. All right, folks. We got another oh, appearance by Desiree. Desiree. Uh-oh, Des. We're just about to talk spoiler-filled about Magnificent Seven. And what a seven they were. So Cool jacket. Thanks. Wes hates it. Why? And I hate that jacket. Let me see like an 80s newswoman. What's wrong with the 80s? The 80s were like the most fun right. decade. Can we not talk about jackets? We've got to talk about Magnificent Seven because we're like... Well, over mean, an hour into this podcast, Desi's in the room. She's if you gonna, don't want to spoil it in front of her. We got to talk about something else till uh, she's ready I mean, to leave the room. Career women wear shoulder pads, and I'm leaving the room. This is not going to be a long discussion. We're not going to go super crazy into it, it but won't. there will be spoilers. It won't be, and we won't. I'll text you when we're done. Or I'll come get you when we're done. Yeah, I mean, go get her. She's in the yeah, other room. She said text, but I'm going to get her. I understand. All right, so Magnificent Seven. Now this is a movie, a remake of a remake. Yeah. It started as Seven Samurai. Yeah, and I think there's actually one. There's something before that. Seven Samurai. That Seven Samurai is sort of like loosely based on. Oh wow! um, 
I'll look that up while you talk about Magnificent Seven. So then it was remade as Magnificent Seven, a Western starring what? Yul Brynner back in the day? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. So many greats. And now, all these years later, Magnificent Seven remade yet again starring Denzel Washington as Sam Chisholm. Chris Pratt as, I forget what his name was. Uh, you got Vincent D'Onofrio in there. You've got Ethan Hawke as Goodnight Robichaux. You got, um, what were the other guys' names? Who are we talking about? The other. Just try, I'm trying to. They weren't, list they weren't like famous people. There were some people that, like, like the guy who played the Mexican actually was from Mexico. The guy who played Native American was actually Native American. Those are, the, I okay. mean, they weren't, like, really very established here in the U.S., I don't think. I understand, but they did fine work. And it's an action packed movie, and it's got, you know, the. Uh, we we commented on the way out that we had no idea it was as long as it wound up being. Yeah, I thought it, it was like long. I thought it was like closer to an hour and a half. Yeah, it did not feel long at all. And it was like two two and a half hours somewhere in that area. Definitely closer two, to two. Probably but, yeah, probably like two tennish. Well, we got out at about four thirty. I feel like 15, we I feel like we walked out at exactly four thirty. If I'm it, not mistaken. We, it started at two, there were probably twenty minutes of trailers. It was probably two. Definitely 10. twenty minutes of so trailers. You're probably right. Two ten. Yeah. But uh, yeah, real cool movie, real just, you know. Directed by Anton Anton Fuqua. Anton Fuqua of Training Day. And uh, did he do The Equalizer with uh, Denzel Washington? He did do The Equalizer. Maybe two, God, how long ago was Equalizer? It feels recent, but it might. Equalizer was cool. Was did you see ago. The Equalizer? I did see The Equalizer. I enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but, you know, was the show really all that cool? Yeah. And so he, to make he, a cool movie out of it was, was pretty. He also did, you know. Southpaw. He's done so much. Southpaw. Mm. Uh, he did that not so good King Arthur movie. Oh, uh, the one with like uh, Jan Griffith and uh, uh, Joel Edgerton and Kira Knightley, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that the movie. One. Replacement Killers. Uh, he directed Replacement Killers. Yeah, yeah he did Replacement Killers. Why did I always think John Woo had something to do with the Replacement that? Killers? Was like the first. Well, because it has like chowing and fat or fat. something. Yeah, that's um, it. That was the first uh, f- like big film he did. Okay. Um, then he did is one that like made him famous was Training Day. Yeah. But uh, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Uh, Olympus has fallen, which wasn't very good. Equalizer, which is okay. Southpaw, which I haven't seen, but I hear is good. I've heard good things about Southpaw. I, I hear the performances are very good. He's making a face. He's making like a, a grimace face. Not grimaces in the <laughs> McDonald's. Now he's making that face. I was not, doing, not also, big I was doing like four different faces there. Um, um, so Magnificent Seven. Anyways, Magnific- Magnificent Seven. I'm actually not a big fan of Training Day, but I think it is a great film. Yeah. It's just not my my kind of film. No. Um, I, I like this one a lot. I think this yeah. is one of his better movies. Um, this was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Here's the problem with the movie. Sure. Let's hear it. It's pretty faithful. Yeah. And they're but the problem is they're remaking a film that has essentially been remade since it was made. Like we've seen yeah. this uh plot over and over and over again in westerns That's true. since the original Magnificent 7 because it was so good, because the Seven Samurai was so good. Yeah. Um we've seen how this plot runs with the villain coming in and having a stronghold on the town yeah. and a, you know that some plucky young person usually a woman uh pleads with someone who assembles a group uh and they take the town back and then there's a big showdown 
and there are no surprises in this film. That's pretty true. It's you know what's going to happen if you've seen any of these types of westerns. Yeah, uh, Clint Eastwood's done them. I mean, like Unforgiven is a really good example. Um, you know, you've seen these movies over and over again, so there are no surprises. However, that's that's the problem with it. With that being said, I enjoyed the film. I sure. S- I suspect some of the criticism and the somewhat low score got on Rotten Tomatoes is probably due to the fact that there are no surprises and yeah. people have seen it over and over again. That uh, that tomahawk to the chest was a pretty big surprise. Yeah, well, there's... That was a fun little scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can understand that. But at the same time, like, if you're, if you're going to make a movie that really doesn't have any surprises... Make it a really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean Chris Pratt's great. He plays Thrill Ride. He plays the Steve McQueen character. Yeah, he tells the same joke that Steve McQueen tells. Why can't I remember what his character's name is? Faraday. Faraday. Joshua Faraday. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. I actually thought the standout. Yeah. In the whole film, was Vincent D'Onofrio. Doing that high pitched voice thing. Yeah, I was horn. blown away. It's like every time he does a character, he does something you haven't seen him do yet. Yeah, you know, like you go you go back to Men in Black, or you look at Law and Order, or you look at the Kingpin and Daredevil. I mean, he's just just so diverse, huh? It, yeah, it really like Full Metal Jacket. I mean, every character is so completely different, right? Sure. Um, Jurassic World's probably his most like invisible. Of his characters was just kind of like, standard. yeah, he's just kind of a dude who's a big blowhard and yeah. kind of is there to you know kick ass and he's take sneaky. names. He's trying yeah, to be sneaky in, in that this one. movie. He's how would you define him? He's kind of like a he's like a little bit of a recluse who's like kind of like recluse. got his like mind a little twisted by the horrors that he's committed. Maybe, maybe they refer to like having killed three hundred uh, uh, Native Americans and yeah. having scalped them back. Yikes. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's a little, he's a little like nutty. He's got a screw loose, and he's got that real high pitched kind of scared voice going all the time. Yeah, the whole time it's, it was really when he started talking, I was like, "Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> this can't be Vincent D'Onofrio." Um, yet there he was. Yeah, great uh, beard. Yeah, great they, beard in this movie. <laughs> um, Chris Pratt had one of my favorite lines when he was like. Which I think he said something along the lines of, uh, I think that bear is wearing human clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I thought that was, that was, uh, funny stuff. Funny stuff. Oh, oh you yeah, missed yeah. the scene. Yeah, that bear is wearing people's clothes. There it is. That was the line. You missed the scene when, uh, Red Harvest showed up. Uh, no, I, I can't. Well, I saw him peeking out at them. Yeah. And then he shows up the next morning and they eat the thing out of the. the oh, you did. Oh, you were in the. I thought you were I was out sitting of the right next happened. to you. So here's what I here's you would go into the bathroom. Yeah, I so we got these giant drinks at AMC. Yeah. Uh and I'm still drinking. I, I had I had worked my way through one where I thought I was about maybe 20 minutes into the film. I was mm-hmm. like, crap, I'm I have to go to the bathroom. Um but well we had 20 minutes of trailers prior to that too. So we sure, were probably yeah. 40 minutes into our drinks. Um but here's what I knew. Yeah. I chose to leave. I was it an opportune time, I hope. Um I, because I've seen a million of these, yeah, I thought to myself, I have to go to the bathroom, but I know what's going to be coming up is a scene where 
two characters probably have a heart to heart in front of a campfire. And those are usually not that important of a scene in yeah. these films. And so once the campfire scene happened, so we had already seen a glimpse of red harvest, yeah. um, like watching them and, uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character hadn't joined up with them yet. Right. They talked to him, but they hadn't joined up. Um, the campfire scene happened and I was like, this is my cue. So that's when I got up and went to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, when I was leaving, um, Chris Pratt's character was walked over to, um, uh, Haley Bennett's cohort. The, the man that, that yeah. went to help hire them. He went over to talk to him and he said, if you give me a drink of your whiskey, I'll, show you i'll show you some shooting tricks right that was the last thing i heard went to the bathroom came back just as they were waking up in the morning oh see i thought you were still out when they were waking up no. okay so no. you saw that i was pretty quick i was pretty quick i'll say Did any, was there anything important that happened in that moment uh, does he teach him how to sh- shoot something no he's just kind of mean to him he basically holds a card out yeah and he's like okay like you know does he do a magic trick? No, he's just like, take this card out of my hand. And the guy reaches for it, and he just withdraws, and he's like, you just lost your first gunfight. Take this card out of my hand. And he tries it again, and then he's like, take this card out of my hand. And this time he lets the guy grab it and then pulls a gun right in his face. Yeah. And then the guy gets really super-duper offended. I forget what line he lays on him about it. And, like, the dude's like, how dare you, like, Pull a gun on me after telling me you were going to teach me about how to draw yeah. a gun. It was a, it was a strange. So he didn't really get the lesson. He didn't understand he it. He definitely didn't, and it was also just kind of a strange choice. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get it. Like he's teaching him, uh, um, don't be distracted by right. the thing that they want you to be distracted by, and kind of be ready for anything. Yeah, and yet that dude like got butt hurt about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a, it was a. I, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I don't know. You know, I don't think I'd go. I, I would recommend people spend, you know, 20 bucks a ticket to go see it or anything. But, no. uh, you know. What about 19? <laughs> not 19. Not 19 bucks. <laughs> uh, I think we spent 13 per ticket. I'm okay with that. All right. I'm all right with that. Um, I don't. I don't think it's like quite matinee level but i'm okay with like 13 bucks a ticket that's all right. that's all right okay uh, performances were good the action was a lot of fun if you want to see people get shot a lot of people get shot i actually i think everybody gets shot i think the the scene that i enjoyed the most that i think is the most fun to watch is about two-thirds of the way through the film and that's when they actually show up in the town yeah. for the first time and you were just coming back from the bat you were just coming back from the bathroom when this happened okay. and there's a really really great gunfight in the town where they just they just lay waste to, to everyone yeah it's insane and there's some some good moments that happen that are unexpected um and it's just a lot of fun to watch because it's always fun to watch the bad guys get what's coming to them it's, I do agree with that. It's interesting because there's a much bigger action sequence where they, they do some fun stuff. Um, they telegraph a little bit too much of it, I think. Um, but uh, those scenes are harder to watch. And okay, here's where we're getting into some spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend just waiting. Um, but although if you've seen 
any of these types of westerns, you probably know what's coming. You know what's um, coming, folks. Most of the men don't survive. Most of our heroes don't survive. The film. Yeah, that's um, true. Sad but true. And uh, and unfortunately, you know exactly how everybody's going to die. Mm. Um, at least at least a minute ahead of time. Um, like yeah. you know when when uh, Faraday goes out, rides out. What does he say? Right before he rides out. Uh, I've always been lucky with Oh, what does he say before he? He says, he says, like, he says you you owe me and he says a coffin? what? And he says a cover. A cover. He wants him to cover him. Okay. With bullets so he yeah, can get out there. At first I could not tell what he said. I was like, did he say a coffin? No. A, a, a no, coffee? Cover. A cover. Okay, yeah. there we go. That makes a lot He's more like, sense. What do I owe you? And he says cover. Uh and so yeah, he rides out and his whole thing like you know, as soon as he lights the, it puts the cigar in his mouth. You already know what's going to happen, but right. you kind of have a feeling he's got to have a, that type of plan already. Like, how's he going to deal with the Gatling gun? So yeah, he's got to have um, something up his sleeve, card, uh, trick, humor. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Ethan Hawke and the uh, Billy. Yeah, Billy, Billy. Billy rocks. Billy rocks. Yeah, the samurai. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. Yeah. I like disguise. that. Um, the knife man. He's definitely a knife man. Yeah. A um, bladesman. The pig sticker. I guess that's one uh, one way to call a knife. You I know what they, I think they referenced that, the pig sticker. You know what I didn't the film. Uh, like? What's that? In the opening scene, yeah. when the bad guys are messing with the people in the church, yep. they show a very clear shot of one of the bad dudes doing some fanciness with a knife. Was and, it the Native American guy? No, it was a different guy. Okay. And I don't think we ever saw that guy again. And also, they didn't bother having the good knife guy versus the bad knife guy. Um, I'm, all, I'm all right with that, I think, because ultimately... But they shouldn't have bothered showing that guy then. Because they clearly were like, oh, this is the knife Well, they man didn't have the knife guy in really a knife the showdown. bad guy. They didn't team. have the knife guy in a showdown with knives at the end. No, they didn't. Which I'm okay with. Um... But they should have had him fight another knife guy. I was just, I just wanted an excuse for just a little more martial arts, basically. Yeah. Just a little yeah. more. I'm, I'm happy with what we got. I, I was okay. pretty happy with that, that character. Um, I like that Red Harvest. It's interesting. The uh, three um, minorities are the, are the ones who survived the, the film. The Native American. The Mexican. Yeah. And the black guy. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The black guy was there. You're like, oh, yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Um, I have to sneeze. Keep talking. All the all the white guys uh, bite it. And the Asian guy. The well, I guess the Asian guy is a minority, too. But I would, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Especially at that time. Oh, um, yeah. They were building our railroads. Oh, America. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. And and then, you know. Blast. They uh, at first very subtly bring in the chuck 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 chuck, chuck. Um, and then they they do just the full on music in the yeah. end credits, which I really liked. That was cool. Yeah, real cool. Any other final thoughts on uh, anything you liked or didn't like? You liked the girl. She was lovely. I um, wish they would have done a little something different with her. I mean, again. Like that's that's the biggest problem with the film is that just nothing new is done there. You know, we yeah. just watched we talked about two films that 
took their what was expected of them and did something very very different with them. Yeah. And they're not made they're not made necessarily as well. They don't right. have the star power behind them that that like a movie like The Magnificent 7 had. Right. But in some ways like you really have to appreciate those for doing something really unique, you know. For sure. That uh, makes them stand out. And uh I wish I wish Magnificent 7 had had done that. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's still a fun ride, though, man. I'm I'm yeah. excited to see it one more time, like right before it leaves it's theaters. It's almost always fun to watch a western. Almost always, um, especially modern westerns, um, yeah, because they tend to be like lots of gunfire and explosions and things. So yeah, um, and and horses. Yeah, and I think I think um, they're coming around to <coughs> excuse me uh, an old western idea. Which is um, the bad guys are truly bad guys. Um, that was like an old, like very Sergio Leone, Once Upon a Time in the West kind of thing, where yeah. um, bad guys were they killed children and right. innocent people, and they were really bad, and um, they got what was coming to them. Right, uh, and and uh, you know, I think nowadays, oftentimes the villains are kind of fa- too fancy. They're okay. kind of they're kind of poncy. You look at like uh, like Lone Ranger or um, I don't even remember Jane, who the villain was. Django Unchained and okay, um, you know it's kind of f- fancy like ponces. You know, like yeah. roughly. I don't know. I like these basically rich guys who hire the bad guys to do yeah, their dirty. Work. Yeah, yeah, I see. And there's a little bit of that in this, but not yeah, not Bogue that much. Wasn't really all that tough. He just you no, know. but but he definitely got. He was definitely there when all the bad stuff was happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wasn't like it wasn't like he just sent his guys off to go do something and right. have them report back. He had a hand in in killing people. Yeah. Um, jerk. I mean, he sh- he shoots an unarmed man at the beginning of the th- at the beginning of the film. Who was it? Peter Sarsgaard, right? Peter Sarsgaard was, was Sarsgaard, not Scars. Bart Bart Bogue. Sars Sars Bogue. Sarsgaard? Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard. Not Stellar Skateboard. No. Not Stellar Skateboard. Somebody's hammering something outside. Yeah, they're now? they're they're batting balls around at the baseball oh, field across the street. Oh, that's what it must be. So that's uh that's our Magnificent Seven. Yeah, now discussion. we have to watch uh, two movies for the next Halloween episode. Yeah, so we'll watch. Uh, Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. And Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. You're <laughs> 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 coughing all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. Let's get your microphone off. Sitting sitting funny here. Let's say goodnight, Gracie. Alright, goodnight, Gracie. So yeah, not really. We that's not how we that's not how we end this. Right. Alright, so we will see you guys actually just in about a week because we are gonna get this out. On Halloween, I believe. Whoa. So this next one will be out on Halloween. So uh, go watch Lake Mungo. Have a good time with that. Watch Tales of Halloween. Let us know what you think. Have a good time with both, I yeah, hope. Shoot us, uh, shoot us some texts or an email or something. You know, Tweet at us. Tweet at us. At VTRT Movies. That's what I meant by text. <laughs> uh, and, and we at will... Stephen Nohowood. Yeah. And... and- we're on Facebook we're on and Instagram. Instagram and yeah. all the stuff probably. Yeah. Say your favorite phrase. It's the phrase that pays. Bon cinema. <laughs>